What's up guys, Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Zurich Classic, a team event with a lot of strategy and nuance, and we've got to talk through the format, but before I jump into that, we have to look back. Jordan Spieth wins the RBC Heritage. That That's on me. That That's my bad. Last week with Cam Young, Cam Davis, Jordan Spieth all playing well. I big time whiffed. It happens. Once a year, I get wiped in a way that big. Uh, the good news to come out of it, Jordan Spieth very much president of Team No Putt right now, right? Loses two and a half strokes to the field in route to victory. I think it was Eric Lindgren who said, betting on Jordan Spieth is much like Jordan Spieth's golf game. It's all about feel. There's just a lot of noise and stats don't always tell the whole story. And it's safe to say, I do not have the feel for Jordan Spieth, but we're right back at it now with the Zurich classic. I've made some updates to rickrungood.com to help reflect the team aspect of this. So I'm going to show you that and we will get into how different this is going to be for this week. Okay, so this is the standard cheat sheet. This does not look all that different than other weeks. But what we have here is a team event. 80 teams of two, so 160 golfers. They are going to play. Rounds one and three is going to be four ball. That is where every golfer plays their own golf ball. They make their own score. If uh, Victor Hovland makes a birdie and Colin Morikawa makes a par, uh, they are taking that birdie as a team and then rounds two uh two and four is alternate shot also known as foursomes where they will literally hit alternate shot half of the holes will be teed off by golfer a the other half will be teed off by golfer b and they will take their best score so as you can imagine uh not their best score their only score so as you can imagine rounds one and three are really birdie maker opportunities right that's that's where you see a lot of the i mean we've seen guys threaten 59 in in the in the four ball stage alternate shot for sums that's much more difficult you shoot two under par you're probably making up some significant grounds on the rest of the field for fantasy purposes this week each set of partners are priced the same okay so colin morikawa victor hovland they're on a team they're both 10,700. You can only play one of them in your lineup. So if you try to enter both of them, you'll get an error message. And both golfers are going to earn the same number of points no matter what. So even if they're playing four ball and Morikawa makes nine birdies and an eagle and Victor makes 18 bogeys, um, they're both getting the same score. Okay, so you just choose whether you're playing the team or not. It doesn't matter on the differences. So as we project ownership later in the week, um, it's going to be a combined team ownership, right? Because if you play, if 25% of people have Colin Morikawa and 5% have Victor Hovland, it doesn't matter. They're getting the same number of points. That's a 30% combined ownership. So I've upgraded some of the tools for this week. The cheat sheet, I have a team stats page that, I, that I'll that i unveil. Um, the, the custom model, that is all suited for team play. So I'll show you that in a second, but let me just show you how the custom model is going to look and work. And I'll, I'll run a model at the end of the show, but what's going to happen here is I have the combined stats loaded in for each one of these golfers. But when you go to export the lineup that you build or the lineups that you build, it will only ever put in one of the golfers. So for example, I think 
uh, Morikawa is the only guy that will be entered into your lineups. It doesn't matter because you just get one of either, either each one of them. Um, but when this actually exports, it's only going to export Morikawa lineups. That way you don't get error messages. That was my way of, of doing it. So, all right, back to the cheat sheet. Let's go to the team view here. And we got to start at the top of the board and we got to start figuring out what we are doing here with these golfers and how we are best going to kind of tackle this situation. So you can use the cheat sheet. I think, honestly, I'm probably going to go to this new page that I kind of whipped up for this. It's called Zurich Team Stats. You can see this. It's got stro all the strokes gain metrics uh, along with a couple of other things just to kind of look through these and we'll, we'll, we'll go through the whole thing. So I, I think... Let's let's talk about how this might work. Um, I, I think birdie makers are key, right? Because especially in the best ball formats, it's unlikely that both golfers playing their own ball are going to make a bogey on the same hole. You know, what what's the what's the bogey rate on the PGA Tour? 12, 15%, something like that. So it's unlikely that both guys uh, make a bogey at the same time. Now there is a little bit of luck in this because you you as a team could make nine birdies in a single round. If you make them on the same holes, um, or I'm sorry, you as individuals could make nine birdies in, in a round. If you make them on the same holes, you're only nine under. If you make them on opposite holes, ham and egg it, you are 18 under. So there is a little bit of kind of luck involved in this as well. You kind of hope that one of you plays well on, on each one of the holes, but I think you want birdie makers. I think you want volatility. I think you want at least one elite skill set. You're going to see me point out a couple of teams that have one elite skill set. I think that's kind of exciting. So there are uh, four teams priced over $10,000. It's Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, and Patrick Cantlay, Cam Smith, and Mark Leishman, and Billy Horschel, and Sam Burns. So I think uh, very clearly... You know, by far the best skill sets combined are Morikawa and Victor Hovland. I believe that they are a bit more volatile than most of these other teams. When you start looking at, um, you know, the ability to get hot, the ability to ball strike it, like it's second to none here. But you got to worry a little bit about the short game concerns, a little bit of worries about the putter, the fact that um, this is their first time playing together. You throw all of that into consideration here because you absolutely have to. But look at this. They uh, last 24 rounds. I think they're number one in birdies. They are 4.56. They're gaining 1.39 strokes total in the last 24 rounds. That's second to only Shane Lowry and Ian Poulter. We'll talk about them more in just a second. I mean, they're just going to do a lot of things really well, but I do worry that this is kind of a bit of, um, it's very much an experience thing, right? It's very much an experience. I know Victor plays the, the Pro V1. Colin is obviously a tailor-made guy. When they play alternate shot, they're going to have to get used to a little bit of a different golf ball. It's not a huge deal. It just exists. Uh, the safest team, I believe, is Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay. So I think I was messing around with this saying... Was it the last 50 rounds that I did? Um, I believe it's the last, uh, maybe it was the last 100 rounds. Let me see if I can reenact this. Yeah, maybe it was 50 rounds. Um, they are gaining strokes in every category on their combined team metrics, right? Which is kind of hard to do. There's not a lot of teams that are even doing that, gaining across the board in all four categories as a team. And there's certainly not many teams or any teams that are doing that and doing it at a rate like Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley. So you can see they're gaining a stroke and a quarter together across the board gains. Uh, Horschel and Sam Burns are gaining across the board, but they're gaining 
gaining 1.09. Uh, Scheffler and Ryan Palmer gaining across the board, but they're doing it at, at a rate of 0.85. So, I mean, it's just these guys are the best, safest plays. They have plenty of experience together. They didn't even play all that well. I think it was in round two or three last year. They were like two over in the alternate shot or something something pretty ugly, and they still rallied to finish T11. I just think there's a really high built-in floor for this team. I really like the bottom of this range as uh, pivots. You know, Cam Smith did not play particularly well the last time we saw him, but getting back in action with Mark Leishman, they have a really good kind of complementary skill set. Neither of them drives it all that well, but after that, they they really start to pick it up. Leishman and, and Smith alone can give himself a lot of opportunities, but Leishman can kind of dial it in with the irons and wedges and then the putter, man. Th this team might rattle off just an absolute ton of birdies or at least give themselves a ton of birdie looks. And then Billy Horschel and Sam Burns. Um, I would argue that of the... Of the $10,000 range, these two probably have the widest range of outcomes. Sam Burns, volatile in a good way. We've talked about that so much. Relies on the approach play, the putter. He's long enough. It's really good stuff. Horschel, very streaky, right? Very, very streaky. He honestly kind of thrives in some of these weird event events like the match play and the team event. It's just, I don't know. Billy's like a, I don't want to call him neurotic, but he's kind of like just like a... I don't know. He, he, love, he loves this kind of stuff. And I think that their range of outcomes of the $10,000 range is probably the biggest. They have played together before, which is exciting. They're $10,000. I wonder if everyone's just going to run and grab one of the top two teams in Morikawa and Victor or Xander and Cantlay and be done with it. I'm really interested to see how the ownership shapes out in this $10,000 range or at the bottom of the $10,000 range. The 9K range here is really, really interesting. So um, let's look at this in the last 24 rounds, something a bit more recent, because I think that's how we get Shane Lowry and Ian Poulter to the top, and it is. We know Lowry's been magnificent, right? And we'll look at the power rankings for both of these guys. So Lowry's been awesome. He's gaining like two and a half strokes to the field himself. Uh, Poulter is a small gainer, but what I like about this is he's gaining it a lot in one category. This is what I would describe as, as almost complementary uh, uh, skill sets where Lowry is gaining a stroke and a half in the ball striking categories. Poulter's losing strokes in the ball striking categories, but Poulter's gaining a three quarters of a stroke in the short game around the green and with the putter. This could be painful. So when you have complementary skill sets like this, and, and trust me, Lowry is no slouch when it comes to the short game stuff. Um, when you get complementary skill sets like this, if you can stay on script, if you can have, uh, you know, your good driver driving the ball and then kind of uh, your ball, your ball striker, ball striking it, your short game guy rolling the rock. Like if you can stay on script, this becomes a really, really powerful team. If you get off script, that's when things start to go sideways. But this should be a very comfy group. These guys both have a lot of you know, international team experience. This is, it's going to be more normal for them than with most guys in the last 24 rounds. They are the best in the field, which is pretty, uh, pretty remarkable stuff. The team that I think is my favorite team. And there's, there's kind of a lot going on here. Sergio Garcia and Tommy Fleetwood at $9,400. So let's go back to Sergio, who's kind of been mired in a bit of a, a mini slump here, but 
uh, ball striking slump, but he might have broken out of it at the Masters. So he gains 6.8 strokes on approach at the Masters after losing on approach in five straight measured events. Could I find another five straight measured events in which Sergio in his career has lost on approach? Probably not. I'm back to 2013 and I can't find any. So I'm going to assume no on that. So a very outlier stretch of golf for Sergio, but he might be back, right? He might be back to being a, a great ball striker. Then we know, we know Tommy's been awesome, right? So Tommy's been awesome. He's got, uh, I think five straight top 25s in stroke play events. The only one that he didn't was the match play. He didn't get out of his group. He's hitting the ball much better. Uh, backdoor top 10 at the RBC Heritage last week. He's putting well again. This is a pretty dangerous team. They've played together before. They finished runner up together before I, I i think this is as of right now factoring upside factoring salary factoring you know i think there's going to be a lot of polter and and lowry love i think there's going to be a lot of scotty scheffler ryan paul i just think there's a lot of good teams here we're going to hear the narrative around neiman and mito all we like i think you factor in everything right now sergio and tommy fleetwood are my favorite so we'll see how that that shakes out um i do wonder if they make enough birdies but they've both been playing a lot better recently. I hope they can find a little bit of magic. The Scheffler Palmer group, you know, what are we going to do with these guys? First time they're playing together um, in this, in this format, Palmer's been awesome in it. He seems to get himself paired with like the number one player in the world. Every single time Scotty Scheffler's obviously been phenomenal. I think they will be just fine. 9,700 bucks. I, I need to see what the ownership looks like. Uh, you're going to hear a couple of narratives this week. They are going to revolve around, Joaquin Neiman and Mito Prayer playing the final round together at the RBC Heritage, and then two Chileans just rolling right along to the um, to the team event here. And I think they're fine. You know, Neiman is so underrated, so incredibly underrated. He drives it far. He has all the shots. Mito, a uh, great ball striker. I, I do wonder if they could if they could find a cold putter. Like, are they going to make enough putts? Is what I would be a little bit worried about, but. Because um, combined, they are, uh, I mean, they're about tour average, but they're a negative. They're a very small negative with the flat stick. So I do wonder if they can if they can make enough putts here. Homa and Gooch, good friends, play together a lot. No problems there. I think they're fairly safe. The final team in the $9,000 range, this is the team that I'm arguably most concerned about. So you should probably go bet them right now, considering what happened with Jordan Spieth last week. But here, here's the idea around Bubba and HV3. I think Bubba is a very difficult guy to play with in a team format. He is such a unique golfer who plays off a lot of creativity and a lot of guys do not see the golf course in the same way that Bubba does. And especially in the alternate shot, I think I think that's a little bit worrisome. Bubba's got um he has two Top 10 finishes here since this went to the team format. He's played it every year. So he's gone 5th, 28th, 24th, and 8th. Um, the two top 10s, one was with J.B. Holmes. One was with Scotty Scheffler. So those were his partners there. HV3, I'll tell you what, uh, since this has gone to the team format, he's never made the cut. You could argue that this is the best partner he's ever had, uh, but four straight missed cuts in the team event here. And I, I don't know, that could be a thing, right? Maybe he doesn't like team events. Maybe it doesn't set up well for him. I, I don't know what the reason is because he does have a top 10 at TPC Louisiana the one year he played this when it was still the individual event. And I think that was the year it was 54 holes as well. Um, 
which we could make HB3 Sunday jokes or whatever, but um, I, I, this just feels weird to me. It just feels like a lot of red flags. That, that's the way I feel about Bubba and, and HB3 at the, at the $9,000 spot. This $8,000 range, um, it offers up some interesting options. I don't think I love a lot of it. I think the most popular option will be Zalatoris and Davis Riley. That's pretty comfortable. A couple of Englishmen in Willett and Hatton. I think that's going to be fine. If you could look past, so the the stats on the Sung Jae-in, Benny An, uh duo, they're, they're a bit wonky because Benny An's been playing... Um, Let's let's just go look at Benny because he's been playing a lot of the Corn Fairy Tour events recently. Let's just go see what he's been up to because that's going to factor into his um, into his strokes gain total. But we're not going to have the breakdown for him. So let's just see his results. So the event, yeah. See, this is what I think this is going to get people right. So he won in late February, then finished T twenty one, missed the cut, T twelve, and then runner up last week. I I think. You could argue this could get me involved as well. I, that is such a good pairing for for Ben An and, and Sung Jay. Um, and Benny An is probably playing the best golf that he has since he, I don't know, early 2019. Something like that. At least, at least in terms of results, I know it's on a different tour, but you could argue that when you look at that and then you start looking at, you know, strokes gain total, it's a little bit different because um, of, of Benny on playing on the Corn Ferry, but they gain a lot of fantasy points to the field. Uh, they do a lot of things well, the tee to green stuff. If Sung Jay can kind of be the one relying on the putter a bit uh, and we get one of those hot Sung Jay weeks, I'm interested. I think it's a very, very volatile team. The, the team right below it, Seamus Power and, and Graham McDowell, that's interesting to me as well because, uh, you know, McDowell does not have the elite skill set with the driver, but he's like never going to, he's never going to put you out of position. And the experience of his international play in this format with kind of, and Seamus Power is not that young, but I'll just say like a, a lesser experienced guy taking him under the wing, that's kind of exciting to me. These are the types of formats that these, uh, you know, wonky old guys can figure out like Kuchar's awesome in formats like this, isn't he? It's just like, like that's the kind of it's so it's so strategic. It's so strategic. I don't mind Graham McDowell, Seamus Power, Keegan Bradley, Brendan Steele. That is the ultimate team. No putt team. Yeah, look at this. If you sort by um, T to green play, they're the sixth best team in the field over the last what do I have 48 rounds in here uh just hemorrhaging strokes with the putter by far the worst putting team of anybody who's gained at least a half a stroke on the field from Tita Green so that's the absolute perfect team team no putt there was somebody else in here um okay so to uh where's Grayson Sig okay this Sepp Straka Grayson Sig team I think I like a lot. Let's look at them a little bit individually here because for a lot of people, they're more, you know, if you're watching this, you're probably playing every single week. So you, you probably know these guys, but they're both Georgia Bulldogs, right? So they've got that connection. Most people be like, what? Seb Straka's from Austria. How, what? These guys don't know each other. Yeah, they do. Straka's been awesome, right? So he won at Honda. He had a, top, a T15 at the Genesis the week before that. Top 10th of players. 30th at the Masters, and then just finished T3 at the RBC Heritage, and he made bogey on 18 to miss out on the playoff, which, not great, but, like, he was that deep into the mix. Grayson Sig, 
And I want to tell you about the other thing. So Sig, this is the first year with his card. So he graduated from uh, the Corn Ferry, like top 25 last year, played really well on that circuit. Now coming up here and seeing okay results. Makes a lot of cuts, doesn't finish inside the top 25 all that often. But what you have to understand about a format like this, you can make a lot of bogeys and probably be fine as long as you make a lot of birdies. And the Corn Ferry Tour, the 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 shootouts that they have every single week. This is also why I think kind of Benny On's interesting as well, and like some of these other guys. Um, you have to go so low. They these guys are just like brainwashed to go at every single pin. They have to. You just got to make birdie after birdie after birdie. And I, I just hope you can keep the pedal down here in this format. So I don't mind a lot of these young guys with a lot of KFT experience. I actually think it's kind of exciting. Uh, Brendan Todd and Chris Kirk have played together before. That is kind of a weaker version of the Lowry Poulter team, in my opinion, where it's more complementary uh, skill sets. Kirk taking the ball, striking Todd, taking kind of the short game stuff. It's interesting if they can stay on script, but I'm less confident that they can stay on script than the guys who have been playing much better. So it's kind of that that ver version of golf, similar to Lowry and Poulter. $7,000 range. This is where things get pretty darn interesting. Mitchell and Snedeker, they played together last year. And remember, it was like, hey, uh, Snedeker was like, yeah, Mitchell carried me to this fourth place finish. Well, I think Keith Mitchell is a, probably a better player now than he was last year. He is a streaky, get really hot. Remember when he ran out and had like a five-shot lead on Saturday? Was it Saturday at Summit Club? Like, he can get hot like that. And I want to check in on Snedeker because, remember, he was really bad for a long time. And I want to say it feels like he's coming out of it a little bit. Let's just check his recent results and we can figure this one out together of what we like about Sneds. Oof, not much actually. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Six of his last eight, he's missed the cut, but in the two that he's made the cut, they're top 20s. That's kind of exciting, but man, I thought it was actually a lot better than that. Let me see what his metrics look like here. Is he doing anything well? Putts from 15 to 20. Ugh. But he's 270th in strokes game putting in general. Yikes. He doesn't make enough birdies. Doesn't make enough. Wow. That's unfortunate. I was kind of hoping I liked that team, but I don't know if I could if I could be all that interested anymore. Let's see. $7,000 reach. Who else do we have? Oh, okay. Maybe my uh, second favorite team, but one I really like in the $7,000 range. Uh, two of them. Doug Gim, Matthias Schwab, super volatile. McNeely and Bramlett. So I think everyone at this point realizes how I feel about McNeely. I'm, I'm just big time in on McNeely. Saw him play well for... A couple of rounds last week, he ended up finishing, oh, I don't know, 20-something, 26th last week, gained strokes off the tee again, uh, hits hits it well enough on approach, putts really, really well. This is a fine statistical profile. I don't mind this one, one single bit. Uh, makes a ton of birdies, right? 20th on tour in birdie or better. Makes a ton of eagles, 7th on tour in eagles. Maybe he can steal one this week. But Joseph Bramlett... Uh, is very valuable in this format because he has an elite skill set and an elite skill set that trends really, really well. He is sixth on tour in driving distance. Uh, he just absolutely murders the ball. It's it's unbelievable. If you've ever seen it in person, it's, it's, it's unreal. That alone is valuable 
in, in a format like this because it can really chew up a lot of this. It frees him up to not really have to worry about when he's playing his own ball. McNeely can be the steady guy, rack up his birdies, maybe an eagle, and Bramlett can do his own thing. And then you get to alternate shot. And um, yeah, it might be sprayed a little bit, but if McNeely gets to play from Bramlett's ball, it's kind of interesting. Uh, he's a horrible putter. The rest of his game is not very good, but I like elite skill sets in situation like situations like this, and that team is kind of exciting. Let's just look through the team stats here in terms of strokes gain total and see if we can find guys who are um, in the $7,000 range. Uh, gaining half a stroke per round on average is Denny McCarthy and Ben Coles, but I think a lot of the latter is from Corn uh, Fairy starts. Let's see his profile here. Ben Coles. Let's see. Missed the cut at the Valero. T12 at a Corn Ferry Tour event at the end of uh, March. T16 in Puerto Rico. Okay, missed the cut at Honda. Oh, my bad. My bad, Ben. You're playing a lot more PGA Tour events than I thought. I think I just remembered that recent Corn Ferry Tour start, but you're playing a lot more than I thought. You're not particularly playing well, but you're not playing horribly either. T16 in Puerto Rico. Okay, it's not the worst thing. Let's see what Denny's been up to. Because Denny in a putting contest, uh, if this thing turns into a little bit of a putting contest and who can just hoop as many as they can, obviously I want Denny on my squad. Consistent, makes the cut. I, I'm not sure what the upside of that team is. I'm not sure what the upside of that team is. Okay, who else pops up next? Matthew Neesmith, Taylor Moore is next. Doug Gim, Matias Schwab. Brian Stewart, Ra Russell Knox. They're playing out of the fairway. I can guarantee that. Those two are probably the highest, uh, highest uh, driving accuracy team in the field. 7500 bucks, man. It's tough to spend 75. I'd rather spend 7500 I think, on Stewart and Knox than Streb and Merritt at $300 more. How about my guys Hoagie and Barjan? Those are like two of my guys. A flat $7,000? let us see what Hoagie's been up to. And Barjan, uh, we're going to have to check him as well. But that's, my, that's one of my guys. Let's do this. So, Hoagie... Missed the cut at the Heritage. Yeah, he's been a little bit worse since he won, which is not all that unusual. He's not ball. He's not hitting it as well as I would like to see. The approach play, we've kind of lost that. The putter was never really good. We kind of lost that. Let's just check Barjan real quick. I don't know if we're going to be able to play this team. Maybe we can. It's flat 7,000. It's pretty darn cheap. But let's just check Barjan. Birdie or better, 104. Yeah, this is tough. These guys don't make enough birdies, I don't think. It's like five out of his last six events. He's missed the cut. Man, I was hoping to get to those guys. All right, who else do we have? Damon and Jaeger, they'll make a lot of birdies. Damon will keep you in play. Played well enough last week. $6,000 range here. Wow. I would love to know the backstory on all of these guys getting together. Okay. Uh, Warinsky and Uline. They made a deep run last year and i want to say i want to say don't quote me on this but i think one of their partners withdrew before the event and it was like a random pairing and they played so well together that they're back together again i'm pretty sure it's that team that had a late wd don't quote me on that but they did play well together last year oh man this is really really hard because you got 160 golfers in this field so there are some and, and they're allowed to kind of pick and anybody, there are this is some this is some tough stuff here. Let's just do this. Let's go over to the team stats. Let's just go strokes gain total last 24 rounds. I'm willing to go a lot more recent for these guys. 
Um, and let's just go down to the $6,000 range and find guys that are gaining. Okay. You Okay. Uh, so, so you line and Warinsky, Brem and Hubbard. That's not, that's not bad. Is that it? Are those the only two? Sung, you'll know. And Michael, K there's literally th like three teams that are combined gaining four Adam long and Bo Hogue over the last 24 rounds, gaining strokes to the field in the $6,000 range. Holy crap. I knew it was bad. I didn't think it was that bad. Wow. Okay. So I think we're living with Warinsky, Uline, long and Hogue, Brem and Hubbard. I'm not even sure I want to go to Sung Yul No and Michael Kim or Justin Lauer and Dylan Wu. That's it. Oh man. That's outrageous. That is outrageous. Let's see. I just want to kind of see what else we have happening here. This is a lot of guys that are not playing very good golf. Wow. Let's just see what the model can find us. Um, custom model, rickrungood.com. So as I mentioned, I've loaded in. So the team stats are loaded in. So you can see it doesn't say Colin Morikow on one line and Victor Hovland on another. It says Colin Morikow and Victor Hovland. Now, when you export the lineups that you build, they're all going to be for one of the players on the team, whatever I designated as player A, just like the first guy, probably alphabetically. I don't know. Um, whoever the first guy was. So you could run 150 lineups of Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland, and it would put in Colin Morikawa for all of them. But it doesn't matter because you're getting the same number of points. You can't roster them both. So, uh, boy, I kind of want to get really freaky with this. I think we have a situation where we got to do last 24. That's fine. I think we have to use weighted strokes gained because there are so many guys that are playing Corn Ferry Tour events, guys that are not playing a full PGA Tour schedule. Um, so we got to go big on birdie or better, and we got to go big on strokes gained, weighted strokes gained. So here's what I'm going to do. Do you want to get really freaky? Let's just do 50 on weighted strokes gained and 50 on birdie or better. Let's just run it and see what happens. The number one team, whoops, number one team, no surprise, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland. In fact, I think with a 100 value, they are actually number one in both of those categories then. Just weighted strokes gain total and birdie or better. Xander Cantlay, two. Korschel Burns, three. Scheffler Palmer, four. No surprises yet. Max Homa, Gooch, five. Zalatoris and Riley, six. Smith and Leishman, seven. Okay, Sergio and Fleetwood, eight. There they are. Straka and Sig at nine. I'm telling you, 8,300 bucks. Varner, oh, crap. I'm going to get screwed here. Varner and Watson, 10. McNeely and Bramlett, 11. Wow. Kind of interesting. You do get some value guys in there. Seamus Power, McDowell, 14th. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's change this up. So that was 50-50. That was pretty extreme. Let's do... Uh, our own weighted strokes gained um, in weighted strokes gained. So we're going to do 15 off the tee, 15 on approach, and then we're going to do uh, just forget around the green. I don't care. 10 with the putter. And then we're going to do 25 on birdie or better. We are going to give a little bit of a nod to driving distance in the form of 15. And then we've got 20 left. 20 left. Let's just do...
10 more off the tee, 10 more on approach. Give me the ball strikers, baby. All right, let me resort this. Number one team is still Victor and Colin. Scotty and Ryan Palmer, second. Xander drops the third with Patrick Cantlay. Any big moves, McNeely and, and, and Bramlett come up. Neiman and, and Mito come up. Bubba and Varner come up. I'm going to get screwed on that. They're going to win, aren't they? Um, big jump for Pat and Kazire and JT Poston. Interesting. Big jump for Sungjae and Benny On and Paul Barjan and Tom Hoagie. Wow. Okay, cool. This is going to be fun. Honestly, I think you could be, you could probably get away with this a lot on feel let's be real it's there's there's a lot of feel there's a lot of variables that that nobody's going to be able to to account for you could probably get away with this for a lot of feel if you want to uh use the tools at rickrungood.com i suggest you sign up there's a lot of great team stuff in for this week and the lineup the custom model will build lineups for you that fit the DraftKings criteria, which is awesome because um, I'm not sure how many of those are going exist to exist this week. So let me know if you have any questions. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week. And I'll talk to you guys soon.